Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T minus 37 seconds. The fight is going to equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Treasure here with Finding Your Frequency on the VoiceAmerica.com Internet Talk Radio platform, bringing you another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. Always trying to bring you guys some good interviews and cool stuff to kind of take home, uh, things you can talk about at home, stuff that's changing the world, uh, you know, things that you need to know. And we're not stopping today. We have another great interview for you guys. So I want to just jump right into it because this is a, uh, an important topic, your health. That's the topic today, your health. How important is your health? Are there things that are getting in the way of you being healthy? Are there technologies that are stopping you from going outside and exercising? Are you spending too much time in front of the television? You know, all these things are things that a lot of us just don't think about. We take for granted the 60 inch televisions that we have in our homes and spend a little too much time probably sitting there watching them. So we're going to talk about that today and, and, and talk about some of the risk factors and some of the things that you all need to watch out for. So we're going to talk to uh, Joshua Mansour. He's a doctor and board certified hematologist oncologist working in the line of stem cell transplantation and cellular immunotherapy uh, out of California. Uh, he's managed to have 10 recent abstracts and 10 manuscripts published uh, in an esteemed journals and given countless presentations at conferences and other institutions. He's helped design and implement critical studies to evaluate treatment plans uh, and collaborated on grant proposals and led multi-institutional retrospective studies that have been published. So welcome to the show, Dr. Joshua Mansour. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes. You know, I have this uh, really cool in-studio audience that I carry with me in my back pocket. I love it. Love it. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for jumping into the show. We got this article that you had written, Apple PC HD DM. No, no, we're talking about healthcare was the title uh, of the of the article. And I read that article and I thought to myself, man, this is this is absolutely 100 percent true. And I, and I really like what you wrote here. So I would encourage everybody to go and uh, find this article. And we'll find out where where the folks can go read it. But, you know, before we get into the article and what you wrote, let's kind of just maybe take a step back and, you know, let's let the audience know where did you find your frequency and just decide, you know, I'm going to get into, into medicine. I'm going to get into uh, this field and I want to help people. I want people to feel better. Where did that start for you? Sure. I started volunteering local community medical clinics and hospitals while I was young. Um, I really relished the experience of having those positive patient interactions um, initially, though, I didn't go straight to medicine. I explored several different options, just as any young person would do. Went to college, then in college, explored areas of finance, uh, explored also other medical opportunities. However, I was still just drawn towards working with patients and having that uh, close-knit patient interaction 
and feeling. So from there, explored my options and then ended up going to medical school somewhat recently, about a year or two after college. Um, from there, it just continued to progress and I'm where I am today. Awesome. So from a day-to-day perspective, as you kind of get up in the morning and, and you go to work, what is what is an average day in the life of a uh, of a guy who works in stem cells and, and bone marrow? I mean, that's some pretty cutting edge stuff that you do. Sure. So it all depends on the day, whether we have clinics or not is one big thing that separates uh, one day from another. Another would be is, do we have a bone marrow harvest in the morning as a procedure? So that's when we will have to go to the operating room uh, to take out some of the stem cells from the iliac crest of the patient, uh, depending on the type of the transplant that's done. Uh, so if I have that in the morning, well, that takes up a part of the day. Uh, then we have rounding on the inpatient side of things. So in the hospital, seeing patients that are undergoing their preparative regimen, which is the chemotherapy prior to their transplant, or if they have had their uh, transplant and then following them up through the hospital. Uh, so that takes several hours uh, from the day. And after that, it's tying up orders, uh, following up on patients again in the afternoon. If we have afternoon clinic, going to afternoon clinics. And then at the same time, undergoing uh, different research, writing abstracts, uh, developing uh, developing other tools that we can use to, to, further, to further medicine, to further the care of our patients. So uh, the the day is never the same. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> there's always something new. There's always something exciting. Well, that keeps it fresh, right? You're not having to go through you know the daily grind of the same old stuff. You know, day in and day out, you have uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, mix in your day. That's good. Absolutely, no day is ever the same. No day has ever or will ever be the same. Wow. Well, there you go, guys. A day in the life of a uh, uh, doctor doing uh, hematology, stem cell work and, and, and helping out uh, with the bone marrow and, you know, interesting work that you do. And, you know, I always look at some of the medical things and find them very interesting as much of the uh, terminology as I can read. I try to. And then, as, as you know, there are some words that I just don't know how to say. So we, we, sure. we figured that out before the before the show as I was trying to figure out uh, your bio. And there's a word in there that I just was like, yeah, we'll just won't use that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, as you're working every day and, and you're you're doing all these things with your, your patients and clinics and following up and, you know, where was the point when you were going through that process where you decided to really take a step back and look at, you know, how technology might have been impacting people's health and, and drove you to wrote the article? Sure. I think that just comes from uh, walking through the hospital or seeing patients on a daily basis, whether it's in the waiting room and patients are, are on their phone or their family members are on their phone uh, most of the time or even actually when it really hit me was uh, where I opened up the article was when uh, I had heard someone discussing a- an apple and I immediately grabbed my phone checking it to see if uh, I had my phone and thinking about how just hearing the word apple itself actually drew me towards wondering about my products and the phone and my computer and all of that instead of what they were talking about in the hospital, which was the actual fruit. Uh, From there, I started noticing the different situations in which technology has affected 
uh, has affected us on a daily basis, uh, whether uh, whether it's from watching TV, using the computer at work, uh, using our cell phone to connect with people. There are obviously things that are uh, that are very important, and this has obviously connected us in several different ways. But there are also some drawbacks. Yeah, I could definitely see some some drawbacks. And you know, as you as you as you work through the article, you you really do a great job of you know using acronyms in the technology world and then comparing those to you know actual disorders or diseases or, or issues that people are dealing with. What what do you think is a driving factor behind that? I mean, technology has. You know, yeah, it's done great things for our productivity, but uh, it does have it has had negative impacts, I believe, you know, on on society just from a, a standpoint of, you know, not not as many people are, you know, active. And I'll give you an example. Right. I'm my wife and I were uh, driving over to my mom's house as we do, uh, you know, every weekend to take uh, the kids to see grandma and, you know, some good, nice, solid Sunday family time. And we're driving past this park in our old neighborhood. And when I was growing up, I used to remember, I used to go to that park to go play pickup basketball games. And uh, you would probably be waiting for a good 30, 45 minutes, you know, sometimes an hour to get into a pickup game because there were that many people that were there playing basketball. And, driving past that same park, you know, on a weekend where, you know, when I grew up, there was, you know, hundreds of people at the park all doing something. We drive past the same park on that Sunday and I look at the basketball court. There was not one person on the basketball court. There was nobody playing soccer. Um, you know, there were just a handful of kids that were, you know, with their parents, like at the playground. And I'm in my head, I went, what is everybody inside playing video games? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so true. I've noticed that even myself while walking around or, or while being outdoors, there's, there does seem to be less people that are, um, that are being active. And, and a lot of that I think has to do with also convenience is uh, a lot of the times when we were bored as children, the only thing to do was to go outside to ride your bike, to go to your neighbor's house, to grab them, to go play basketball. But now, um, it's easy just to pick up the tablet that's laying on the coffee table or, or turn on the TV, especially with the evolution of how far cables come, how far all of the products that have come in terms of uh, phones, tablets, computers, uh, now having laptops, all of that is, has completely evolved um, in a way that's also been exciting. So it's new, it's exciting. Um, and a lot of these other diseases that I've been talking about. So when I compare it to, uh, to diabetes or heart disease or or problems with vision, a, a lot of this is they're they're not new diseases. They're, none of this is is uh, something that's just come out in the last few years. So I think uh, I think all of that kind of plays a part into why people are more focused on the evolution of technology and these products than than their health. Yeah, it just seems like that. Um, even though these these medical conditions have been, you know, part of humanity for a really long time. It just seems like the, the farther along technology gets, um, the faster and the faster these, um, impact people and the more people they seem to be impacting, especially young, young kids, like in their twenties, it's, it's unfortunate. I, my, my neighbor, uh, my neighbor has like three kids and I don't ever see, 
I don't ever see like friends come over to their house. I don't ever see them go anywhere. You know, and I was talking to their dad yesterday and he's like, my kids don't even need to go hang out with their friends because all they have to do is get on their Sony PlayStation and put their headset on, you know, and plug in their video camera and their friends right there on the screen. They can talk to them. They can interact with them and nobody has to leave and go anywhere. But you end up with, you know, all these kids just sitting in the living room, playing video games, talking to each other. And, you know, nobody's outside riding bikes and doing some of the physical physical activity that I think is necessary to keep your body healthy. You know, I'm not saying that video games and watching television is like bad for you, but you know, everything in moderation, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. And to bring a point to that is even when we were younger and we did want to go over to a friend's house and play video games, we still had to bike a couple miles in order to get to their house, <laughs> then to plug in next to them to be able to play with them. And then at the same time, uh, and then at the same time, grab the bike, go back home. Right. So there's yeah. still a little bit more activity that was involved in in doing that. Well, and I don't know. I think the the graphics back then too weren't quite as good as they are now. And I remember several times I'm playing video games when I'm a kid. You know, like I had an Atari uh, when they first came out, and uh, so I'm playing the Atari. And uh, I'm like, man, this is boring. Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, catch bombs in a basket. I'm like, I'd rather go outside and ride my bike or go play tag or go do something. And it's just quite different now. These games are so uh, they're so and they're so engaging. They're so graphic intense. You know, they almost, you know, draw out emotions in, in these kids. They get so, so, you know, involved into those games. Oh, and it can almost sometimes feel like you're there with all the graphics that you brought up and and the virtual reality and the AI and the headsets that are now going uh, going along with those games and those programs that you can use, it almost feels as if you are there. So if you are in one of those games that that is an act, quote-unquote active type of game, it might feel as if you're there even though you're not really doing too much. Yeah, and if you have a 60-inch curved television you're sitting in front of, you're immersed. I mean, it's like being at IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, as we look at these things that 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 cause this, I mean, what do you feel is probably the biggest, uh, you know, disease or, or ailment that's that's really impacting folks as a as a relation to technology? Is there one that kind of stands out above them all? I don't think there's one that stands out. But what I think is the biggest risk factor is our sedentary behavior. And that sedentary behavior then is a slippery slope for another set of diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, also all of the other uh, nutritional uh, factors that that come along with just sitting in front of a TV or laying on the couch with your tablet. Think about most of the time when you're just laying around and not doing much, you go to the cupboard, you go over to the refrigerator and, and you grab a snack and you're just sitting there not doing anything, popping in a few different snacks while you're uh, while you're sitting in front of all of uh, this technology. And so I think all of that and the sedentary behavior that surrounds it is what eventually leads to another series of complications down the line. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You just kind of end up ingesting an abnormal amount of calories with no way to burn it off. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, just to name a few of the, a few of the different diseases uh, that can happen when you're sedentary like that. So, uh, you can get diabetes, which can lead to kidney disease, nerve damage, high blood pressure, eye problems, strokes. Uh, then you can have heart disease. Heart disease uh, by itself is one of the uh, largest killers in, 
and not only the United States, but also uh, worldwide. And then from there, being sedentary, not being outside, you have vitamin D deficiency, uh, you have inactivity, uh, inactivity there by itself, also leading to increased blood pressure and another series of things. So right then, it's, it's just a very slippery slope of a lot of different things that can occur. Yeah, man, that that just, it doesn't sound like very optimistic either, you know, like uh, all the problems, <laughs> like, you know, you're like, oh, you got this Sorry problem and this problem and this problem. But, but at the same time, I think it's important because... <laughs> it's got to be a little bit eerie. People need to understand like, Hey, you know, you got to change a little bit of your day to day. Don't spend so much time in front of the television, you know, go out and do something. I, I, something came across my Facebook feed earlier today. I think it was something that CNN put out, but it was an article. I, I only got a chance to read like the first paragraph of it before I had to go do radio stuff. But, um, it was mentioning about children needing four to six hours of outside activity a day. And in my head, I went, is that even possible to do in today's society when do you have kids, Doc? I don't have kids, but so let, I can tell you right let me, now. Let me let me give being... you let me give you a day in the life, right? So we, we wake <laughs> yeah. up we wake up at my house at, I wake up at my house at five o'clock in the morning, sometimes five thirty if I decide to hit my snooze button when my alarm goes off. Right. So then I'm up in the morning. My daughter has to be at school. We have to be in the car on the way to school at 715 in the morning. Right. The gate at school opens at 730. They get about 15 or 20 minutes to play before the bell rings and they got to go to school. And then uh, sure. so I, I work full time. So uh, I work double full time. I do lots of stuff. So I'm here at the studio until five o'clock every day. Um, luckily, I have a fantastic partner who can, uh, you know, leave at four o'clock to go pick up our daughter. Um, so our daughter is at school basically from 730 to 5 p.m. Right. And then at that point, it's like, OK, 5 p.m. She's had two recesses at school out on the playground. So there's that activity. Those recesses are uh, 30 minutes each time. So she comes home from school only having one hour of activity. And then you get home and you got to make dinner and you got to do homework and you got to do all of those things. Well, by the time all that's done, it's literally time for bed. It's time for, it's time to start bedtime yeah. procedures. And so, you know, unless you want to have, you know, cranky kids because you kept them up a little bit longer so you could go out and, you know, run a mile or something like that. It's almost impossible to follow some of the guidelines that the health organizations put out just based upon the way our society as a whole is is designed with, you know, all of the, you know, 10,000 things that us as human beings and parents and, you know, brothers, mothers and sisters and whatever the case may be have to do on a daily basis. It's just almost impossible possible at least that's how i feel <laughs> no i completely agree especially with the demands of what a lot of schools are expecting out of the children these days uh, with the increased amount of homework the pressure from everyone else to take you know four or five different ap classes or be involved in this extracurricular activity and this extracurricular activity it becomes really tough to end up being outdoors and to and to take part in a lot of those outdoor activities unless it becomes a priority. So that all in itself uh, makes this uh, makes us a little bit more worrisome. Yeah, especially when, you know, you talk about these diseases that are happening and, you know, really the only way for a, a person, a family to avoid these is to have a nice, healthy, proper balance of, you know, good nutritional food you know, exercise and, you know, and, and then of course rest, you have to have rest as well. Your body needs that too. And now I think if you don't have a nice mix of those three, then it makes it really difficult for you to get along in your daily. I completely agree. 
So what are what are you what are some some tips maybe that you could give the listener on you know just maybe where to start with changing their behavior on a daily basis to include some uh, additional activity time? Well, I think one of the big things is to set a set a limit on the amount of screen time that you actually have. I think it becomes important what would be idea would be for maybe a week to record, well, how much time am I spending in front of the TV? How much time do I spend uh, on my tablet? And a lot of phones these days actually have an app that can tell you how much screen time you average on your phone per day. Once you get that overall number or average per day for about a week, I think it's important to try and cut that down slowly. So you can try an hour or two less for the next week and slowly start to wean yourself off. I know that also a lot of times uh, what ends up happening is with work, a lot of us have to be in front of a computer. That's what our job entails. Uh, What can be another way to combat that is every 30 minutes or so, get up, walk around, then go back to the seat. There are also other certain desks that you can use, almost the stand-up type of desks that can help you. uh, I'm doing this interview with you you right now from a stand-up desk. There you go. And yep. see that by itself is one of the one of the ways to help combat some of these diseases that can uh, that can occur. And you're 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 right away avoiding a sedentary lifestyle just by doing that. So that's another thing that's important. Maybe instead of uh, sending a message uh, to a coworker, which a lot of a lot of companies are using these type of i messages to communicate, you get up and go to their desk and communicate with them uh, in person instead. All these are little activities that can uh, slowly but surely allow an individual to become more active and also uh, decrease the amount of screen time or the amount of uh, of time that they're linked towards technology. And I'm going to throw this out here. I learned this in another interview with uh, with a woman we were talking about screen time and early childhood development. Parents, remember when your child is going through a time of non-screen time, that doesn't mean it's your screen time. Yeah. Right. Wow. If, if your kid, if your kid that's is great. in there, no screen time time, that means you're having no screen time time as well. Put the phone down, engage with the little ones. I'm telling you, it makes a world of a difference. Uh, I started this practice with my daughter a couple of weeks after I had did that interview and it has definitely changed our home perspective on, you know, the tablet and how important that is in her life. And we've, it's been cool. We've actually started, uh, you know, counting like actual paper books that we read because we, our problem wasn't necessarily like, Oh, we're, we're doing uh, video games on a screen time. We were using like Kindle to read books on the tablet. And so then we were like, even that's still probably not the best for your eyes. So we're like, all right, we're just going to buy paperback books and we're going to go that route. And it's been, it's been much better. And uh, my, my kid even has a, a much more fonder respect for, you know, uh, an old fashioned paper book, which they even smell good when they're new out of the box. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can, you can collect them, put them on a bookshelf also and see kind of what you've accomplished also. And the, the year that she's reading books. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, this has been a great interview, Doc. I appreciate you jumping on with us today. Um, where can people find out, you know, where, where can people go read your article, um, find out more about what you're doing, maybe check out some of the stuff that you've had published? Uh, where, where's a good place for people to find you? 
Sure. Uh, I know that the article was posted on Kevin MD and a couple other blogs as well. So if they just type in Apple PC HD DM, uh, no, we were talking about healthcare. That should lead them towards a number of different sites that have uh, that have published this article or posted it on their blogs. In terms of, of some of my work and research, um, a simple uh, Google search, simple uh, PubMed search will lead you to some of the, the articles uh, and research that I've done. But the, the big thing is, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be surrounded by a lot of people uh, that have um, that have worked towards helping healthcare evolve. Um, a, a lot of different doctors, nurses, um, social workers, uh, advanced practitioners. So it's been a great team to team to help out with all of it. That's awesome. And uh, you guys, he's on Twitter too. You can follow him at Dr. Josh underscore MD. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I'll just be, I'm starting off on on Twitter right now. Uh, that's been one of the things that I've um, that I've. I've started to get set up and then I've have an Instagram account where I post a lot of actually these articles uh, to that account. And so that's also at Dr. Josh underscore MD. And most of the time I'll post articles for the stories or to the actual Instagram site so that, uh, so that followers will be able to click on it for easy access. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate all the efforts that you're, you know, you're, you're doing for our health. If it wasn't for people like you who, you know, took an interest in making sure to spread the information of healthcare to people, it would be very much more difficult for people to understand the importance of it. I think there needs to be, you know, more Dr. Josh's out there and more Ryan Treasures Finding Your Frequencies and Voice America's out there, you know, spreading this information because uh, a sedentary lifestyle can be one of the top 10 leading causes of death. And I'm reading that directly out of your article. And I want to leave all of the listeners with this one thought, and I'm going to quote your article. So the next time you find yourself spending too much time in front of a screen, think about your health and what you may be doing to your body. After all, we only get one. Thanks, Dr. Josh. We appreciate you being on today. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Check out all the podcasts on voiceamerica.com and your favorite podcast distribution outlet. Make sure that uh, you give us a nice five-star rating. Leave some feedback. We're always open to that. You can find us on Twitter at Radio Ryan 1 at Jeff Spinney 2. And, of course, the radio show's website is findingyourfrequency.net. And stay tuned for some more great interviews right here from Finding Your Frequency and voiceamerica.com.